Okay. Hallelujah, it works. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Affiliate Marketing Show. This is Josh with OfferVault.com, the industry's largest aggregator of affiliate networks, direct advertisers, affiliate programs, and affiliate offers. For anything affiliate marketing related, check out OfferVault.com. We also have the industry legend, Harrison Gewurz, as well as one of my good friends in the industry, Stefan Mulbar, the head of business development at Masters in Cash, the number one entertainment affiliate platform. What's up, Stefan? Yo, Josh, thanks for inviting me already for the uh, second time. I feel honored to be here. And uh, for everybody that is watching this, I hope you have some good time enjoying this podcast. Yeah, you, you're kind of a legend in the industry yourself. Just real quick, how long ago did you get started in this space? I know, um, I know it's been a while. It's nearly 14 years now, and in sales and marketing, I'm eight years more. So practically all my life, I uh, I do this. I know nothing else. I don't know how to fix a car or shit like that. <laughs> yeah, probably. Same. A friend of mine yeah. the other day asked me if I was handy, and I was like, fuck no. So we're in the same boat. <laughs> yes, very I said, good. I'm handy on a keyboard. Sure. Right. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, or, or handy with the girls, right? <laughs> okay, like, welcome, yeah, like, welcome I, I to the affiliate said, marketing this show. This is gonna be a great episode. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I come from the adult space, so if I'm not saying something like this, my adult homies they will be disappointed, right? <laughs> so I hope your adult homies are listening today, just for that. They, they do, awesome they do, they do. It, it, it's it's usually quite a, a faceful audience, a small audience, but quite a faceful one that is watching most of the stuff. Yeah, so Stefan, one of the first things I want to ask you about is kind of a interesting topic that you mentioned to me when we were talking about the show. I know you've written and uh, created two books that are strictly dedicated to account management and affiliate management. I think this is pretty unique. So first of all, can you tell me, are a lot of other people doing this? Is this kind of a niche that you found and you're really focusing on because no one is doing it? And then tell us a little bit about the books themselves and we can dive into that more. Yeah, um, it's of course for me now my my most important topic to talk about. Last time we spoke was my most important topic, the kid. But there goes everything smooth so we can talk about new challenges in my life. And um, yeah, indeed, I started around one year ago to write like a real proper book. So something that will have like 400 pages and is printed and so on. And it will include everything you need to know how to not only do account management, but how to build, run, manage an entire program with all its aspects. So also how you find talent and what marketing you have to do for your program and so on and so on. Um, there was a book written like 11 years ago, but 11 years ago in our industry is like, I don't know, you write now something about uh, a steam engine or so. So everything changes so fast. Um, so that's how I started this. And um, because this takes like way longer than I thought, and it takes way more energy, I focused to learn a little bit how to write a book with the things that are mostly requested by uh, by people. And this is how to start in this industry and how to learn the job of an affiliate manager. Um, I have like a little side hustle with um, sending affiliate managers that are looking for a job to companies. And the biggest reason why people are leaving is because they don't get a support and a proper training from their company. 
And a lot of companies don't have the time and the resources to really dedicate people with a few hours per day, maybe to train somebody for two, three months. So the first book that is practically ready is focusing on, um, on what you need to learn in the first three months as an affiliate manager and also how to enter this industry, because this is also something that is requested often from people, how they even can enter. So let me in jump the- in right there. You mentioned like what they need to do within the first three months. Can you kind of walk us through? I don't want you to give away too much. Yeah, so give us like still... maybe the top couple points. Yeah. I'm curious. I've never been yeah, an affiliate manager, but I've ran a network, so I'm curious. Yeah, so what are the most important things? It's, of course, the daily communication with the affiliate. And um, it's not even so much about how to find new affiliates. Um, if you have like a bigger a bigger operation, you have there a business developer that is uh, bringing in new leads. You have also usually like um, a big database of affiliates that are already there and they are not doing anything and you can reactivate them or start them. So it's practically more focused on how to um, start affiliates, how to grow affiliates and how to maintain it. So this is practically the most important thing that they have to learn. But it also includes stuff like personal branding and organization. And um, this kind of information that are inside is stuff that I learned not only over the 14 years myself, but I trained also around 100 people in this job. And I make my own podcast like with two people per month, let's say. And I learn from everybody something new. And I also do a bit of consultancy for companies that are not an adult, so not step on the feet of masters in cash. And they are also learn things how to um, how an affiliate manager has to work and be successful. So this is uh, the focus. And also things like um, how you should prepare for a show, how to make the follow-ups, um, how to act in a Telegram channel to find appointments for a conference. But also I cover things like um, how to handle alcohol or if you hook up on shows. Because this is stuff that is nowhere covered. Um, That's actually so really interesting. Wait, yeah, wait, I was going to say, no, say no, hook, nobody hook, talks hook, about that. Like hook up at shows, like if you're an affiliate manager and you go to a conference and you like hook up with someone. I mean... I made many mistakes and I would have been in my first two two, I've been in this industry a long time. That's never happened. That's impressive. Okay. So I should have been fired several times, especially in my first year for stuff, how I was um, behaving that I'm, of course, not doing anymore. But somebody has um, has to tell people maybe how to behave. Because often there is really uh, nothing like a, like a guideline from the company. They are expecting certain things. Um, people that are going to these conferences for the first time, they are overwhelmed. They are overwhelmed by the money. They are overwhelmed by the parties. Um, they are overwhelmed also by the, uh, by the girls. And this is not only even adult-related. On the mainstream conferences, if you look around how the affiliate managers look nowadays, you think you are like on a, on a fashion show. So let's take a step back, going back to the shows, because we talk about conferences a lot. You mentioned Mm -hmm. you talk about how to prepare for a show. I think that would be really uh, helpful to our viewers and our audience. How can somebody, whether they're an affiliate, whether they're an affiliate manager, I know that's kind of your specialty with this new book. How can somebody better prepare for a show so they don't get caught unprepared when they're actually there? 
So sometimes it's really obvious uh, things that I encounter and that is mm, sometimes even like kind of shocking me um, because I made a science out of affiliate management. You will find there are hundreds or thousands of people that do this job better than me. They are more talented. They have a better mindset, but I made a science out of this. So I really watch everybody that is posting stuff and I make like in my head a quick analyze about it. And often they are not giving all the informations that are key when they post like in groups or in boards. For example, they write stuff like, uh, we are looking forward to meet new affiliates on this on this conference. But this guy can be like um, a paper call network in China, let's say, uh, if this exists there. And the affiliates that are there, they are not having this or they have this, but they don't want to contact this person and just check what this person is doing. So the only person that will contact him is some guy that is having some crypto stuff and wants more traffic or so, because these people are really hustlers. They are bugging you uh, the moment you show up somewhere. So it starts with this. When you make like an approach, write what you have, what you have on the table, because nobody has time to lose. And um, business rules, let's say, that are applicable for making appointments for a show or to find new contacts for a show. It's the same when you reach out to somebody. I hate it when I get a message like, hey, how, how are you? Let's push it because this person don't care how <laughs> I am. Yeah, really. Yeah. And for example, now I have two Hania discs out. And when I'm not too busy, I complain about my hernias. I don't even know this person, right? But I'm also working here alone, kind of. So I complain about my hernias. And we have done zero business that it's bullshit. I appreciate when somebody tells me like, hi, I'm this and this person. And I have this and this. Can we work together? Yes, cool. No, okay, it was good meeting you. Do you know maybe somebody that is doing this? Are you going to this conference? Maybe let's have a beer just to connect awesome but this bullshit hey how are you doing i think it's called beating around the bush is something i don't like so this is how to find the are you uh, german the, stefan yeah i'm german i'm german no, stefan, okay. I, just, I can tell i can tell you're like no don't beat around the bush straight to the fucking point okay <laughs> yeah stefan of course uh, you cannot get it more german um so yeah okay there are a bit there are a few German names uh, that are more German, but they are outdated. It's better so, not to uh, use them anymore. I love that you, I love that you focus on trade show kind of strategy and, and give people advice on this. It's something that we've talked about on multiple episodes. Um, one of the things that Adam and I have told our team members and I've talked about on the show is that I recommend at least if it's your first time going to an affiliate summit or going to, you know, AWA or whatever, you know, AWE, whatever, uh, is to actually touch, you know, shake as many hands and introduce yourself and, and, you know, go to every booth and learn about all these businesses. Because even though you might not have anything to do with emailing uh, sweepstakes offers on a rev share basis or whatever, I'm just picking a random thing that maybe three years from now, you're at a different company or in a different role or you have a different need. And you remember that one time when you went and introduced yourself to Toby and he did what you were looking for, et cetera. Um, you know, I'm curious, like 10 years ago, and I, I mean, I've been going to trade shows since I was 15 years old. So 16 years ago when I started uh, going to my first shows, there was no like networking apps. And I personally don't use the networking apps. We have a big team at Ringba and, and team members at Ringba go and use the apps, but I personally just, I don't, I let the team members go, you know, fishing, I guess you could say. 
Um, but I'm curious, what do you think about those networking apps that now all these apps use? Do you think they're beneficial or do you think they kind of like take away from the organic networking experience at the trade show? Because part I, of me is like, I don't love it, if I'm honest. I think it's a nice add-on. Um, I don't have too much good experiences with this that I say like the apps were uh, worth an entire show. With mm -hmm. the networking on the, uh, on the spot, it's different. There are so many encounters you make spontaneous that are really good. Very often the people are also not uh, reply back on these apps. But I still think that uh, every company should go through this app when there is like a show and see what are the most important uh, people to reach out to. And then you have to make something like um, like a segmentation of importance. Um, I had a podcast about something like this uh, with a guy from uh, Traffic Stars, uh, Mike. And it was really that he puts like a very big effort into everybody that he's contacting because he goes mostly for the people that already have an account with them. So um, this is something that the people have to do. If you have somebody like um, that you really want to meet, you have to go in the account. You have to check what you were doing before with them. Uh, you have to see what they are up to at the moment on their homepage and so on and make them a tailor-made approach to them. If you are just having like people that you don't know yet that you assume that I are in the similar business than you. I think a copy and paste that just contains what you are offering is um, is enough. But I would always use it. And me, I sit also down and I go through this app like one afternoon or so and I uh, contact the people that I don't have a direct contact with. Stefan, let's go back to affiliate managers and account managers real quick. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you see managers making that you wish they wouldn't and what are also some of the biggest you know pieces of advice you might be able to give them on the flip side of that so uh, what are some things that i encounter permanently and um, it doesn't mean that i'm not doing that or my colleagues are not doing that uh, we all make our mistakes but it's a lot of um, again beating around the bush and uh, making a lot of small talk instead of focus in coming to the business. Um, also, what is a very common mistake is when you are suggesting offers and when you suggest landing pages and so on, that you are not even knowing proper what the affiliate has. So when somebody comes to you and says like, okay, can you give me the best landing page? It's a very, um, it's a very abstract question that you cannot answer proper without further information. Because if I give you now the best landing page, it can be um, one guy that has a lot of SEO traffic, super targeted to this specific landing page. And he has a conversion rate of like, I don't know, 50% or something like this. And you give this page out to somebody and it's not working at all because the guy has shitty pop traffic or something like this. And for that would be a different page. And then you look uh, like an asshole because you gave horrible advice and you didn't know what you're talking about. I, exactly. I would say another thing, giving suggestions is good, but if you're an affiliate manager, don't share your other affiliates landing pages. Just no. don't, even if it is good advice, don't be an asshole. No, don't do that. But um, you can give like advices of the landing pages that you have like in-house oh, or yeah. something like this. That is uh, that is converting. And um, the people appreciate it. And it's a little bit more of um, a sophisticated work. And also we have a lot of um, affiliate managers that I see that are not even uh, replying 
I had now a podcast with uh, Juliana from the TikTok meetup and she's, mm, I trained her for the first uh, five or six years of her career and I'm very proud how she um, developed. So she makes quite a lot of referral and introduction business because she has her own conference, TikTok related. And um, often she has the case that she introduces affiliate teams, big guys, they sponsor her event, the affiliate sponsor, not the advertiser in this case. And she sends to affiliate managers messages and they need three, four reminders, but not because they are on holiday or something like this. They don't give a fuck. They maybe have two, three guys that they are making the money with and they are not hungry anymore. And that is a shame. And when you lose the fire in this job, you better should uh, look for something else. It can be even still in this industry, but maybe in a different role. As an affiliate manager, as a business developer, you have to burn, man. It's true, and I've I've I was I was an affiliate for a very long time. I've had times where I'm working with an affiliate manager, and you can just tell they're coasting. Like you ask for something simple, and they just don't do it. And you're like, "What does this guy do all day?" And then you realize they've built up a good little book of business, and they're getting their commission checks every month, and they just don't give a shit. And that's when you, as the affiliate, are like, "How do I go direct? These people are taking a bunch of margin. They're providing negative value. Why should I work with these people?" And, you know, I think it's it's really great that you kind of instill these principles, because if you have an affiliate manager that's driven, working to find you new offers, push your payouts higher, work with the advertiser to get you special landing pages, whatever it is, they're like going the extra mile. They're earning that margin. And you don't want to be an affiliate manager or a network owner where your affiliates just feel like you don't provide any value because then they're not going to stick around. Yeah. It's totally the case, but I think the market is cleaning also itself in um, in a certain way, and um, because there are entering a lot of qualified talents, especially from Eastern Europe, the market, and they are making a lot of people that are not qualified or not hardworking unemployed. Stefan, I want to move on to our next topic here because we still got a few things we want to cover with you. I know you mentioned you do kind of a side hustle of recruiting as well as some consulting. So you work with a lot of networks and a lot of affiliate programs currently, as well as in the past. And uh, I'm curious, in your opinion, what's the most common area of a network or any of these businesses that you help consult that you see consistently needing the most like touching up the most help has there been anything that continues to pop up over the over the years it's, in the companies it's, it's usually uh hr questions um that's how i started also with this recruitment stuff i make like audits from uh from networks of programs um, in the meantime i have quite a routine in that and I find things that are not okay and I offer solutions to fix that. And this is usually something like a very basic overview with the things they have to um, improve. And it's sometimes really basic things. Um, I even found one that didn't have uh, terms and conditions, for example. Um, so when you find a network that doesn't have terms and conditions, do you... Do you tell them to find some like boilerplate terms and conditions online that are just super general or do you actually walk them through the process of writing their own terms and conditions? No, um, neither. I tell them to speak with their lawyer and make it there. They should get inspiration from uh, from somewhere. That you, you tell them, you say, stuff. you say, get your own fucking legal advice. That's what you say, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 That's because, a common um, common theme on the show. Look, the, the thing is that um, there are certain things when I fuck it up with an advice, um, it's not 
too crazy. Let's say, for example, somebody says like, give me a new um, affiliate manager payout system. Okay, this is like also a very common uh, request, how to give affiliate uh, managers bonuses or commission. And um, if something goes wrong there, they say like, hey, one guy is leaving because he gets now less or he was expecting more or something like this. Yeah, okay, good. I find you another one. I will charge you for this, but it's nothing terrible happened or he finds a special solution with them. But if something is wrong with the terms and conditions, I cannot know all verticals. I cannot know the legislation from all countries. Um, when you look at uh, at casino, for example, there is even more complex. There has every country its completely own rule set. Um, so I don't want to. I don't want to involve myself there. I said, find somebody that does something similar than you and use this as an inspiration and then build with your legal team or with your lawyer that you have something that is um, that is matching you. But yeah, um, usually it's like questions that are related to, um, to HR topics. So it's even like um, help us to create like a job description for a certain role that we didn't have so far in the company um or find us talent all this kind of stuff so let's say i just started my own affiliate network mm. what what would be like your advice to me as some of the very first few things i should get in order before going big picture like what are the first three things a new network should really make sure they're doing right well, I mean, I have like an Excel uh, about this that has like um, 30, 40 points. And uh, I think 10, 15 of them would be critical. Um, I don't have them now all in my mind. But um, the, of course, you have to have your software in place. You have to have your finance in place. And uh, then you have to have your promo tools and offers in place. So this is the most important thing. And with this, you can start. And what I think is a very important uh, thing to add and it's often uh, neglected is to have like a proper CRM system. So I think, but this includes now also the companies where I worked for, I think I installed like 15 to 20 uh, CRM systems so far, and it helps everybody that accepts it. And what's the, um, what's the best, what's the best CRM in your opinion? So uh, for me, and it's a very personal opinion, it's Podio. And um, I can also give a reason why Podio is my favorite because it's for sure not the best from the functionalities. It's very interesting from the pricing, but I think in our industry, when you have a tool that is way better and it costs like 20 euros more per month, nobody cares. It's, um, it's clear that the price is the most, uh, most unimportant factor here. So the reason why I love Podio is because it looks exactly like Facebook. And um, you can bring somebody that was never using a CRM system before or never using a CRM system in the company to use a CRM system way easier when the look and feel is something that they like. And they Because if you go to a boring CRM, it's like drives you nuts. But if it feels like Facebook, it's like mm -hmm. you're just on Facebook. So Salesforce is, for example, way more powerful um from from the things that i i see um but i i worked with that and for example masters in cash they uh, decided that we use soho and soho is way more complex than podio and we are not 
so happy with this, the affiliate managers. It's not looking like uh, Facebook. If the, if there comes a company and they make it maybe like TikTok, what uh, it's maybe even more uh, interesting or like Tinder, you swipe. Oh. If you want to contact the affiliate, you swipe and it sends an automatic message per AI based on this uh, on this data. That would <laughs> be a gold mine. It's actually not a bad idea when you explain. Yeah, it, hello, but, yeah. bring the venture capital. We make this. <laughs> Fuck affiliate management. Here's the kid. Show me the money. So yeah, these are these are all the things. And um, to give it a more holistic approach, is um, all these uh, things should uh, work together. So, for example, um, I mentioned that people want rec uh, recommendations how uh, commission structure should look like. And they maybe don't even have something in place or something super coding. So, for example, you can use um, a factor in your commission strategy to force or reward people working for you to use what you want to have. So, for example, when you integrate a CRM system in your company, and uh, you can say like, okay, we have here this calculation from your commission. If you use the CRM system, if of course a little bit abstract to say what is using it and what is not using it, but if you use it, you get your commission by factor 1.1. So you get 10% more. If you're not using it, you get it by factor 0 0.9. So we cut it by 10%. So this goes hand in hand. Um, it has to match, of course, also the structure of the company. It's not something that you can do uh, that you can do everywhere, but it should be always like um, like a holistic approach when you uh, when you integrate something in a company. Let's go to the other side of the coin here. You know, uh, the recruitment side. I'm really curious. Mm -hmm. What's your take on recruiting talent? What are you looking for? And then, you know, if we're focusing on the affiliate industry. What are the, some of the most valuable characteristics you think a potential applicant can have in today's market? Uh, the, the most valued thing is if the person has between one and three years of experience. So this is more important <laughs> than anything else. And I will come to this point. Um, I want to mention quickly how I got in recruitment because it's uh, not a topic that is for me that exciting as like affiliate management. So when I started my educational channel like one year ago, I started to get CVs like crazy, Re really on a weekly basis. People, some of them I was not even knowing, they were sending me your, uh, their CVs. Yeah, you work with some companies, maybe you can uh, plug me in. And um, I look back to it and in the last 13 years or whatever, okay, in the first years I didn't do that, but let's say in the last 10 years, I arranged for more than 50 people or so jobs. And the only one that ever paid me was Masters in Cash for this. You know where I'm anyway on the payroll. And the others were getting it for free. And uh, then I was in Amsterdam out for drinks with a friend of mine that has a network there. And she told me that recruitment agencies are charging her 10K for a person. And I was sending these people around for free. So I started to bust the recruiting agencies that I was sending the people to. And I asked for like, hey, can we make like a cooperation? And they were like, no, we have nothing planned like this. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, you know what? Then fuck you all. And I make like my own <laughs> recruitment agency. So it's not it's not that I um, I have here like a real hustle that I'm, uh, you know, we have here now 10 o'clock or whatever in Romania. It's not that we hang up and then I'm sitting there on my uh, on my software and I try to find matches or something like this. It's by the way, anyway, all AI in the meantime. It's really I have my channels, I have my posts, I have my contacts, and the stuff comes in automatically. I have even something like a project manager for this. 
and um, we are coordinating it. So it's practically. Let it how do you how do you think the how do you think the AI is doing with this specific so, function compared so what, to a human is, being? Yeah, what is the AI doing? I mean, in the meantime, there are quite an amount of open roles and also candidates. So when you upload something, the AI is searching for patterns to match the right candidates with the jobs. So I can suggest it, but I know some of the people. And um, what is uh, what is something that I encounter now, and this is a very interesting development that I would have never guessed that this is the case. I'm sitting on 10 or 12 or even more CVs of people that have a profile like me. So 10 years plus in the industry, uh, no dirt on their back, nothing, and uh, nobody hires them. So the request from the market is at the moment between one and three years. Under one year, they don't want it because they are uh, too green. They don't understand the stuff. And my book is not out yet. So they would have to train them themselves. They don't want to do this. If somebody is one year in the industry and has a little bit of talent and has a little bit of uh, of grit. If, if Grit is this a... Yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, to do this uh, kind of work, stuff. work ethic. Yeah, then uh, you can make with somebody that is one year in the industry, 90% or 80% of what you can do with somebody that has six, seven, eight years in this industry, at least if your company has a database of partners to work with. If you are starting completely fresh, it's better to take one of these OGs because he comes or she comes with a big Rolodex. But in most cases, these companies that are just starting out, they are not coming to me or to another recruitment agency. So now they want to have the people between one and three years. They know their stuff. They are fairly uh, priced. And usually they are also very motivated to work hard. And um, often when you hire somebody that is like eight or 10 years in the industry and say like, yeah, I managed like the 100 biggest accounts, blah, blah, blah. This guy comes to your company, especially when you worked in the same vertical. And from this 100 that he brings, you have 99 already in your system. So, Harrison, do you agree with this? Like, are you guys looking for experience? Is that your key determining factor when you're making those ties, like those decisions between two equally, you know, comparable um, candidates? I mean, I, in, in, we don't have affiliate managers, obviously. We have, you know, sales team. At Rinda, right. And I would say in the sales team side, we actually just want sales experience, um, not not necessarily industry experience. We've had, we have some team members that started with industry experience, but as we've grown, um, you know, we've not, like, we don't, we don't go to people that are in sales at competitors and try to bring those, uh, team members over. And I think, you know, you mentioned like the overlap, um, problem where you hire someone and they're like, I have all these affiliates and you already work with them. It's a little different when you're selling software. Um, but I think, you know, if I was in the shoes of an affiliate network, I would probably aim to try to find people that maybe have industry experience and work at networks, but maybe their, their network of affiliates are um, running different verticals or maybe like someone that maybe a network has a lot of uh, media buying affiliates and this guy comes from the email side of the world and now we're going to get our offers really pumping on email as an example. So there's definitely like kind of ways to bend the criteria to accommodate what you need, if that makes sense. Yeah, fine. Go ahead, Stefan. What were you going to say? No, I, I, I just uh, yeah, yeah, oh, yes. Okay, because cool. I, 
I agree. There are, of course, situations where it makes sense to hire like one of these OGs. Um, I mentioned now, especially when you have like um, a, a newer company and you need a lot of uh, potential partners that come over and a lot of, and you maybe don't even have trust because you are a new name. So if you have somebody that has a standing in the industry, it makes totally sense to get a person like this. Do you also train? I know you have your books and some are coming out, some are out. You have some courses coming out. But do you ever like one-on-one -on -one try and train a candidate for a job who you think is close but not quite there? And the follow-up question to that is, do you think everybody is trainable or do you think some people are just too stuck in their own ways and it's, it's a lost cause? Um, not everybody is uh, coachable and it's for somebody that is coming from a complete different industry or a complete different job. It's uh, the most important characteristic that this person is trainable and open-minded. If you have somebody that is like arrogant and thinks they know already everything from their past life, um, it's not working. Even if it's the same industry, um, the person has to be coachable. I never did that, that I was preparing somebody uh, from for a job beside for Masters in Cash. Cool. So I got one more question for you here today before we let you go. I know you're the head of business development, and this is a pretty loaded question, but I think we might mm. get a few few good thoughts out of it. What is business development? What does it mean to you? And what's your approach when you're actually trying to develop the businesses that you're working with? So it's, of course, like uh, they just had to give me a title. I think what I'm doing there is not uh, not really fitting in any title or they would make it that long. So it would look like an average German word. You know, we are like the <laughs> yeah. super long words. So anyway, um, what it means for me, it means for me that you are bringing new potential deals on the table and you're also closing them before you are handing it over to somebody else. So this is for me business development. And it's usually also a little bit more focused on uh, finding like bigger potential partnerships and also to, um, to find corporations that are involving new technology or new features that we are having that we want to try with certain uh, key partners. So this is what it means for me. But um, in my daily job, it's um, it's different. They use me, for example, also to reactivate all the affiliates that have stopped, especially if I have uh, a contact with them. I do also, um, or I, I take over right now, the marketing of Masters in Cash. This is not business development anymore. But in the end, business development is for me to find um, new high potential opportunities for the company, bring them on the table, close them if I have the possibility for that. And after that, hand it over to somebody else that I can focus again on new stuff because I always want to do new stuff. What's your approach to marketing masters in cash? You know, what do you think is a really good way to get a network out in front of the industry? Are you doing digital advertising? Do you focus on conferences and sponsorships? What's your take on that? So at the moment, we keep it a little bit um, lay low because we are launching a complete new product line. So we don't need at the moment a lot of uh, noise. But for us, it's the shows like a very important factor. And what turns out to be very successful when it comes to digital marketing is this type of podcasts. So I have um, I have two podcasts. One I make for Afpal. This is practically my consulting recruitment. God knows what. The Stefan Seitasel. 
And the one that is uh, bigger is the one that I make for Masters in Cash. And this is only focused on the um, on the dating show, uh, on the dating industry. So there are coming um, traffic networks, there are coming affiliates, there are coming service providers, all centralized to this industry. And people are watching this and they see stuff that they like that we offer because I always mix in also some advertising for us. And this gives us really high qualified lead. But also we had some cases where they were using it to enter our network and uh, doing fraud or trying to make fraud with these informations because everybody is vain. And I'm for sure a vain person when it comes to the content that I produce. So when somebody is uh, approaching me, uh, maybe now not anymore because it happened now three times or so, when somebody approached me and says like, dude, I watched your podcast. It's amazing. Let's do something together. I like this and this. This was smart. My my alarms go down because I, I sympathize with this person because they make me like a, a compliment with something that is incredibly important for me. So, uh, But in general, even when I take this away, there is a lot of good things coming out from, from all the podcasts. Yeah, apparently, Harrison was getting bombarded by fanboys at the last conference in new york i actually will say it so adam and i both you know we every show since we started the podcast we've had like like the first show i think we were yeah, it was like affiliate summit uh west in j it was like early february end of january we had like a couple like five six people come up hey like the podcast is pretty cool i enjoy it whatever and then you know we've been to a bunch of shows this year and at affiliate summit east like 10 to 10 days two weeks ago whatever it was no joke between adam and i 50 people came to us and we're like hey like love the pod they asked questions about it i had one guy and if you're watching i apologize this dude came up to me and like he acted like he knew me and i was like i i like kind of tried to play it off like i knew him at first i was like hey and then like i realized i don't know him. he's like no i just listened to the pod and i was like holy shit so <laughs> Thank you everyone for watching. And uh, I was, it was super cool to get feedback from people because I, you know, we really have a lot of fun with this show every week. I like making horrible, inappropriate jokes. Josh likes being threatened to be replaced by AI. You know, Adam likes asking actually intelligent questions. We all have <laughs> yeah. our strong But, but this, this Adam is not here. This Adam is right, not right. here. So no this intelligent is... questions today. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see what the what the general public thinks about it. Stefan, I really appreciate you coming back on for a repeat appearance on the Affiliate Marketing Show. Definitely have to have you back. For myself, Josh from OfferVault.com, the industry legend Harrison Gewurz, as well as Stefan Malbaro. Malbaro the head of business development at Masters in Cash. Let's make that paper. Let's make that dough. This was the Affiliate Marketing Show. We will see you next time.